every word you said Every coffee in your tiny bed If I could have another chance to be there I would do it all again Hi and welcome back to the next episode of Ball and Bad Talks. Today we're here with Caitlin. Hello. And Raven, of course. And me. Let's start with the basics. When did you come here and why? Well, the first time was back in 2010, that typical study abroad that you do when you're in college. Uh, And after that first year, uh, I had to go back, finish my bachelor's degree. And then um, June 2012 was when I moved back. And ever since then, I've been living and working here. So almost six years. More yeah, than I think, six, years, uh, right? six and a half, seven, yeah. eight, when you add it all together, something like that. So you're a really true Berliner now. Is anyone ever really a true Berliner? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe the people born here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Ur-Berliner. Yeah. 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 Oh. Hmm. So what brought you back? Ah, well, you know, I was just unbearable to everybody who knew me in the States because I wouldn't stop bitching about how I missed Berlin, you know, at every turn. Uh, you go back and there's so many things where you miss the quality of life, you miss the transit, um, the transit, did I really just lead with the transit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you do, I mean, the transit sucks there, but um, yeah, you miss the feel of the city, you miss the nightlife, you miss the amazing arts and culture, the concerts, the festivals, you miss the ease of travel. That's definitely not the case when you're stuck in the Americas with the oceans on either side. You want to, you know, get outside of that. Then it's going to really put you out. I don't know. I feel like you can't even do a trip um, overseas that's like less than a couple grand or something. It's like, so yeah, having the opportunity to say, hey, it's the weekend. Let's go to London. Let's go to Prague. Um, It's a novelty for us and it hasn't gotten old uh, even after all these years. And then there's things like the political situation. Um, of course, I didn't know that when I moved back. Didn't uh, know what shitstorm it was going to turn Didn't into. know that everything was going to go completely to hell, uh, but it has. <laughs> so that's not exactly an incentive to move back to the States right at the moment, um, where you think, yeah, I'm definitely going to leave Berlin so I can go back and uh, have maybe two weeks of vacation a year Maybe no health insurance and struggle to pay rent in some U.S. city. That sounds lovely. Yeah, sounds amazing. (laughs) The American dream. Yeah, of course. Now there are some wonderful um, cities in the States, uh, but it's like either you really get your shit together or your quality of life is going down the toilet. So, yeah. That's a good reason to come back. Yeah. Here, I don't have to get my shit together. We can just coast through life. Like, people do here. People do here. (laughs) It's like... Neverland. Everyone comes to Berlin to sort of relax and underachieve. Yeah. (laughs) Which, as time goes on, there's also that weird dialogue, though, because you become less and less comfortable with that. Uh, Certain pressures start to kick in where you think, what am I doing with my life? And yet, that's the moment where you say, all right, well, I'm going to get my shit in gear here. That's not necessarily the point where you say, I'm going to move somewhere else. So we're getting our shit in gear, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we are. We are. Yeah. Slowly. Slowly. Yeah, Yeah, but it's like the puzzle pieces are coming together. Everyone moves to Berlin, and there's sort of a delay period where you just enjoy everything the city has to offer, and maybe your life is kind of a mess. That's all right. And then eventually you start, um, well, some of us start, you know, sort of (laughs) assembling... the pieces of something like a responsible life. Yeah, like getting the balance between that old life you had when you first moved here yeah, and everything yeah. was really, really exciting. Yeah. And like the life that you want to have in the future. When yeah, you're just sure. an adult. Like the life you might have had if you'd never moved here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so speaking about great concerts, great festivals, what's your greatest concert festival moment in Berlin? Since I know you go to a lot of concerts. Oh god, in seven years. Um, you don't have to pick one, just like... The top three? Um, okay, well there's the wildest thing that ever happened to me, sort of with going to concerts here, but it didn't actually happen here. But it wouldn't have happened to me if I hadn't been living here. Right, so it was back in the day, 2010, uh, I, I had really just gotten here um, <clears throat> at the start of September, and then it was October... And it was the tail end of um, some European tour by Die Totenhosen, these German punk rockers who've been rocking it since the day. Uh, And I really wanted to see them, you know, I I had a thing for German music, as I still do, um, and I had had my little 
university radio show going on for a couple years and loved this band and this would have been my first chance ever to see them so i take a look at the remaining dates and i'm like ah well okay um there's poland that's not so far so i ended up going to wrocław to see them um and <laughs> did the thing that i did back in the day where i sort of just overdid it because i was so stoked to see this band I wanted to be close to them and have this amazing show and their fans are crazy so I decided to camp out in front of the venue in Poland where I didn't speak the language and they really don't speak a lot of either German or English there. No, it's actually incredible. Yeah. Uh, so so there were some um, communication things we were kind of like figuring out but um, at any rate I went to Poland, traipsed around this town for the day and then settled in in front of this venue with my little supplies and spent a chilly but uneventful night until about five in the morning when a security guard came out to see what the hell I was doing. And uh, through, through a lot of miming, he communicated that I should really come inside and have some coffee, which was this appalling sludge, this really just ugh, but Polish coffee. Yeah, and then of course I couldn't talk to the security guard like at all. But what he decided he'd do for me is take me upstairs to where there were two American Mormon missionaries. So he brings me into a room and it's like, here, your people, talk to them. <laughs> you speak the same language, I know, go. It was pretty wild. And then, like, I think a bit before seven in the morning, um, I was still holding this mug of undrinkable coffee. And, and then I kind of like gesticulated like my thanks, but I should really go now and do the thing that I've been trying to do, which is be first in line in front of this venue. So I return in the cold of the morning to this little dumpy venue uh, and I'm hanging about and finally like a bus rolls up with the crew um, to start, you know, putting together the stage and what have you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they pile out and of course like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm old and boring now. We've relaxed our concert attending habits, haven't we? No. Yeah, tiny bit, <laughs> tiny maybe. Bit, tiny, tiny bit, tiny bit. But back in the day, um, with, the, with the bands that I particularly loved and with this band and other bands, it was nothing very special to sort of, like, wait a long time and for a show, like, people do this. Um, and so I just was going to sort of low-key observe and, you know, it's just kind of a normal thing. But the crew starts piling out and they start chatting with me. Most of them are German. Some of them are British. Um... And, uh, <laughs> and they seemed, like, impressed, uh, with the fact that I'd, like, spent the night in front of the venue, um, and they were like, what? Like, what? You gotta tell the bit, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, this it's is like, just people like do a, this. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but we're chatting, uh, and then the one guy, um, it's a cold morning, he's like, oh, like, do you want to warm up? Come inside the bus, and I'm thinking, like, oh, where's this going? Uh, oh, like, God. dude, like, I don't know what you think, but I'm not a groupie and I'm not going to suck your dick, okay? <laughs> For, like, whatever you think is happening. Mistrustful person that I am, I kind of, like, took the vibe, but it seemed okay and they seemed genuinely concerned. So I was like, all right, I will sit in this bus and get the hell out of there if, if anything happens. And it's just completely fine. I'm sitting in the bus and he's, like, pointing things out and explaining the bus and then they're starting to schlep things inside. And he's like, well, do you want to sit in the venue? And I was like, oh... Well, like, I, I mean, I kind of want to be first in line. He's like, well, why don't you just spend the day in the venue? And I'm like, what, can I? Uh, and this, like, curly-haired crew guy um, is, like, taking charge of me. And he's like, yeah, what the, you know? And, like, where are you going after this? And I'm like, uh, back to Berlin. And it's like, oh, yeah, last off of the show, um, tour, so we'll take you back with us. And I'm like, what? And, like, I thought he was just, like, blowing a lot of steam. So, But I was like, all right, whatever. I'll go sit in the venue for a while, see what happens. So we go into the venue, it's a little club in Poland, nothing special, um, and they tuck me in sort of a corner, uh, like this, like little booths in the stage, and they proceed to do the thing that you do, build up the stage and do the check and sound and lights and all this crap. And I'm hanging out in my corner with my like <laughs> couple things, and the day goes on, and I'm thinking, well this is by far the most civilized uh concert experience I've ever had of this sort, like just hanging out inside the venue. This is a massive improvement over outside stressed out with fans who are eyeing your spot and about, <laughs> you know, the bullshit yeah. you deal with. Uh, and he was on, and he was on. The crew were quite nice guys. Um, and at some point, it's about time for the sound check. And so the band rocks up. And I'm like sitting in my dark corner and to Totenhosen in the flesh walk into this tiny venue. And I'm just like quietly in my corner, freaking out, 
<laughs> and this uh, crew guy is a very nice drum tech. Um, I, I don't know if I should name him by name. Uh, if you want to, I'll, I'll name think him. It may yeah, I'll name. I'm still in contact with him on Facebook. Really nice, cool guy who's like done this shit for all kinds of bands. Um, first name Holger, a German guy. And he's hanging out in the corner chatting with me. And Campino, for people who don't know, that's the lead singer of Die Totenhosen, walks over and is like shaking hand, like oh hey, oh hey, and like. Oh hey, like shit. Yeah, so this like twenty year old fangirl is like breaking out, but trying to hold it together. So that happens, and then like things go on, and they're doing the sound check. There's just like a couple people hanging out, and they do the sound check, and they do uh, one of my favorite songs of theirs, just like a really low key version of Alles wird vorübergehen. It's like oh, heart rending, beautiful song, and they're just like schlumping around on stage like it ain't no thing, just doing this. Nice. Yeah. Ah, and I'm just freaking out. So you've got out. yourself a little private show there freaking before out. the show. <laughs> and and oh. events continue to escalate. Like, the night just got wilder and wilder from that point in. It was like, they came in, and then they were chatting. Then I ended up, like, uh, talking to Vom, who's the English-born drummer of this band. Because um, the crew had apparently told the band, which is just, to this day, I don't understand it. Like, cause people do this all the time, really. Uh, and I'm not their biggest fan. I mean, I am, like, I love them, but, like, I'm not the biggest of their many passionate fans, you know? So, what the hell? But they apparently were informed about this, and uh, the drummer, so this charming little fellow with spiky hair, takes the trouble to come over and be like, that's so wild, that's amazing, you got to tell us these things. I'm like, tell you these things? What are like, talking about? That's normal. Yeah, and then he fetches this plastic thing, which is like a drum head top thing. Yeah gets it signed by all five of them and hands it to me and then shit like continues eventually it's time for the show and there's this insane wild show i'm in the front row having my lungs crushed uh, against the barrier and people are rocking out and they're doing all their best fucking songs show was amazing after the show i'm drenched in sweat and look disgusting and um, i'm still inside the venue things are being built down and i like go into the bathroom to sort of like change my shirt and clean up my face and like fix myself come back out and stuff's being packed away uh and holger's like yes yeah, so you're going to berlin right and i'm like yeah like is that are you seriously uh like could i come with you because my bus was actually not until like the end of the next day so i was gonna have to spend another cold night like on the street or in a hostel or some sketchy situation and he's like yeah just hang out wait a minute so i'm lurking around in this venue uh <laughs> the fans have been shunted out to like the party part of this club and all of the crew are sort of like just packing things away and i'm just like waiting thinking this is not actually going to happen like they're not going to take me with them like it's not a thing, uh, unless you're actually a groupie, which I'm not, <laughs> uh, and so on and so forth. And then Campino shows up again, and he walks over to me and does the thing that to this day Americans are so bad at this, and I'm like the worst of all of them at it. We never master the cheek kiss. I mean, I think even Europeans have trouble with existing. I have trouble with it as well. Yeah, like, but in any case, I'm bad at it at any rate. So I didn't even try. I just stood there on the spot, and like my brain melted and leaked out my ears. As he like came over and did like the double cheek kiss and set his hands on my shoulders and then proceeded to be like, oh yeah, and asked me like where I was from and like what the deal was. And I think I stumbled out, I like started out something about like, oh yeah, well, I'm from Seattle, but I'm living in Berlin and your music helped me learn German and I love your band and blah, 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 blah. As you do. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> and like... he, he was so cool about it. Like, you know, he just chatted for a second and like shook my hand and wandered off. I, like, I, I mean, for him it was like nothing, and for me it was literally everything. Um, so that was probably one of the wildest. Oh, and then like once they were finally done packing the shit together, they did in fact take me on board the crew bus. Uh, gave me a little bunk where I could chill for a second after we were all tired and done talking. I met like this very cool woman who was this just badass like roadie. Oh nice. Uh, and yeah, and the guys were really cool and nice. Um, and eventually got tired and, and slept a tiny bit in this bunk the size of a coffin. And they took me back to Hauptbahnhof and dumped me at like 7 in the morning. And that was that. Holy shit. That's so amazing. And that was probably the wildest, coolest, like least repeatable concert experience I ever had here. No shit. Well, <laughs> shit happened. You know, like other like, things well, also happened. But like, like all the stuff that usually yeah. never happens to anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like great concerts have happened here. Great festivals. Like we're so lucky to live in this city. Yes. Um, yeah. 
But that was something that I will just treasure forever. I still have that drum head, like, safely stashed back in the States. Um, and it's just, like, a thing where you're like, ah, oh, one of my favorite bands. Unforgettable. Of course. What cool guys. So nice. So uh, that happened. That was a thing. And they helped you learn German. They did. I'm so Along with many other bands, uh, Tokyo Tell, Zilbermond, really every genre of music, uh, German rap, rock, um, they all got started with sort of the rock and pop rock and then expanded from there. Really? And of course, we also love German techno, but let's be real, German techno artists did not help me learn German. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But that's music all right. is a great way to learn languages. Yeah, like, for sure. That's why I started as well. Definitely. But so what's your, like, what's your favorite German word? Do you have one? I do. Um, I love many German words, but the one that I always come back to is sort of my pet favorite is a word, überbleibsel. Uh, and it means, so I know, because it sounds like it has a very evocative feeling, like a word feel. Um, it means remnant, leftover, fragment thing, small thing. But it's like, if we pack it apart, there's a lot of things I really like going on with this word. Um, so it sounds kind of cool, überbleibsel, and it has like a soft sound. Um, so über is like the over part and bleib like <clears throat> to stay, to remain. So like the remnant, the leftover. And the cell is a diminutive suffix. And the wild thing about German, I love this thing. Um, yes. German has regional specialties, as we know, like a lot of dialects. And they have what seems to the outside observer to be like a ridiculously overdone amount of these diminutive suffixes, which differ by sometimes region um, and, and usage. Like you have the very common like Hochdeutsch, um, Chien or Chien, you know, like... Yeah, or Lein. You know, or line, which is, I think, a bit more southern. Um, you have k in the north, uh, I think, and yeah. some in the west. Um, and then cell. And cell is also, I don't know what the regional fix is on, um, on it. I think it's more south. I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's like you have all these, all these ways of making a word sort of small. And, uh, I mean, that interests me with sort of the development of the language that allowed for all of these regional specialties. Just so many ways to make, like, perfectly normal words small and cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and people do it a lot. They do. And, and the do interesting lot, yeah. thing about these these suffixes is I really do think they add flavor and feeling to a word. And so überbleibsel for me is very evocative. Like, it just it feels and sounds like what it is. Like, sort of, like, lost and alone and in need of picking up and like doing tiny, something with tiny yeah. furry animals Germans would, like, oh, Germans would probably like think like what is she, the fuck is she talking about like for them an überbleibsel would probably just be like they'd probably use it to be like oh yeah we had a morsel of food left or something I don't know what I mean Hipschen of course you would say for yeah. morsel but I love that word I find it very interesting yeah, satisfying cute. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite English word it's really hard to have favorite words Ooh, in your, in your language. own language. Yeah. I don't think so. No. We had a really hard time coming up with anything in Swedish as well. Yeah. Did I pick? I you picked, picked snow. Snow. In Swedish, yeah. snow. Which I think it's just sounds so cozy. But yeah. I picked hard. a word that basically no one ever uses because it's like an old word that people don't really know what it means anyway. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But it's really hard. Tricky. Do you speak any other languages? I speak a bit of Japanese, and when I say a bit, I mean I had um, it in high school, and we progressed at that snail's pace that you do in high school, and then I stopped it when I started learning German, which was so wasteful and so foolish, and I'm always thinking, I just need to pick it back up again and, and get yeah, going again. Do like a Volkshochschule course or something? I, yeah, well, that's the other thing. The other ball that I have now repeatedly dropped twice is Arabic. Um, when I was here on study abroad, I just for kicks took a semester at Humboldt because I could. Um, and in that semester, I learned not very much. Uh, you learn the alphabet. Um, you learn some basic words, some very, very, very basic grammar, like enough to say who you are, where you're from, and maybe book a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> the things you need. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Um, and, uh, and the extent of my actually using Arabic in the practical world was like right after I did that, I went to Morocco and could read some signs. Yay. <laughs> And that was it. And then I dropped it for about four years. And then one day said to myself, what am I doing? What a waste. Uh, it would be so valuable. And there's the Volkshochschule, which is such a wonderful, cheap thing and designed for people who are also working. Um, so I took an evening course for like 
a very short amount of time that sort of covered what we'd done and then a bit more. And then uh, I wanted to continue, but then I think either I moved or he, like the same guy wasn't doing the next one because there weren't enough things, and then I moved. And at any rate, it all fell apart again, and I was kind of like, oh, God. Um, I ha- one of the people I really admire in journalism is this um, German journalist named Konstantin Schreiber. Now I'm like thinking that is his name, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Who has the distinction of being amazing in Arabic. If you listen to him speak it, it's just like, wow. Uh, and I mean, he spent a lot of time in the region and is involved with initiatives to promote press freedom and this and that. Um, throughout sort of the Arab speak, Arabic speaking world. And uh, it's just like you think, what an amazing talent, you know, if you can actually get your shit together, study it properly, master it, and then use it, uh, that would be quite a useful language to have. But my discipline has been lacking in that department. Well, um, you still have time to pick it up again. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting though, it's like, it's sort of like you think back to the sort of classical education that privileged men in, say, England had, like, around the turn of the century and, like, the last century and stuff, uh, where it's like, oh, yeah, hang out at Oxford for an indefinite amount of time, learn a shit ton of languages, and so on and so forth. And I'm just like, oh, God, I'm so jealous, because, like, the fact that I can speak German with professional fluency, like, enough to write, is, of course, due to the fact that I did nothing to speak of in college except learn German uh, and hang out and like watch German movies and like the chance to in a focused academic setting spend years without any pressures of life or like survive have a job pay your rent do this do that just learn a language that's really all you have to do and you're like other side classes it's like an unrepeatable chance and I'm like okay yes get your shit together learn some languages I think I'm perfectly capable of learning say Spanish on my own that shouldn't be too hard but uh yeah, I wish I had somehow, like, uh, that privilege, that time, that... to just devote myself to languages. That's, like, Wonderful. the dream life. Yeah, right? Reason to become, like, a housewife. <laughs> like, no, God. Live, yeah, seriously. <laughs> live at home, just, like, cook food, because I love cooking, yeah. and learn languages all day long. Oh, you wouldn't learn any languages. You would just walk around cleaning everything <laughs> like a crazy person. No. Yeah. <laughs> And then you would just forget about learning a language. No, uh, I would love to have more time to learn languages and not have to worry about other stupid adulthood things. Yeah, oh, me too. Yeah. I have to get my German under control and then I want to learn Hebrew. Oh, very oh nice. that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, because I know a few words in Hebrew. I don't know any full sentences, but I can count to ten in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. My, Do it. It's Echad, Stein, Shalosh, Arba, Chamesh, Shesh. Sheva, Shmone, Teza, Esa. Sounds good. So it's a lot of throaty sounds. It's, yeah, it sounds really, it's a beautiful language, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that is one of my top lists. Languages to yeah. learn. I have to learn Hebrew someday. <laughs> and then you could live and work in, like, Tel Aviv or somewhere yeah, exciting. Yeah, and I really want to travel to Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and you would probably get a dope ass job with um, one of the many very successful Israeli tech companies doing like Swedish translation or something. Yeah, yeah. That would be yeah, they have a really cool. booming. I don't know what they call their local variety of the valley, the Silicon Valley, but in any case, they have it and it's uh, massive and expanding mm-hmm. and successful. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, another travel goal. Hmm. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. definitely. On our long, long, very, very long, long list. list. Yeah. yeah, I know. I just have to convince my job to give me all of my money and not actually expect me to show up. Exactly. <laughs> that needs to happen. Yeah. So speaking about other places, mm. do you have any favorite places to go in Berlin? Oh, wow. Or like, yes. I places mean, with course. a lot of memories. Go, talk. Oh, tell god. us. <laughs> tell us your secrets, Pops. My secrets? Oh, God. This could expand. Um... Yes. Well, I do love this city. It's what keeps me here. There's just a zillion places and feelings that feel right. I think even on the third day of being here, or the first day of being here, but like by the third day, I think I'd mastered the transit, and then it felt like my city. And on the first day, I was already like, whoa, I like it. But like by then, I kind of was like, oh, this is like my city. Like this feels right. Vibe. Yeah. And so like, I don't know. There are, of course, places where I spend a lot of time rather regularly. 
sometimes I'm almost hesitant to talk about them because I'm like, I don't want the half of the world showing up there. <laughs> don't mention all of them, just mention yeah, a few. Right. But let's right. break it down then. Anyway. Well, anyway, I think the whole world already knows about um, some of my favorite coffee spaces. For instance, Oslor Coffee Bar, um, Cafe Bar, is a great place to be. They have exquisite coffee, uh, and it's just like a great feeling. It's like it's like I regard it as my living room, basically. I'm sure they would agree. It's just my living room. That's all it is. <laughs> uh, but they have um, tables to work, like a long. Uh, they have like the small individual ones, like the big sort of thing, the couch, the sort of like mixed seating that I find attractive. And so if I have like a translation, like freelance gig that I want to work on, or just want to mess around and drink some good coffee, um, hang out on the weekend, then I will go there. Um, outdoors, of course, there are places that are sort of special. I think for me, like the part of Berlin that I love the most is sort of the part that's centered right on the section of the Spree between the Oberbaumbrücke and um, the other bridge what is it Elsenbrücke yeah yeah anyway yeah. the bridge that runs <laughs> from Ostkreuz to uh, Treptower Park and um yeah so it's like that section of the river and especially the feeling that it has in summer uh when the Badeship is open when everyone's out dancing all weekend during the day when Watergate's going when like Magdalena I don't know if they're still doing this but like throwing beachfront parties down at that one place um, and of course, that's sort of where my um, renewed love of kayaking got kicked off. Uh, like I sort of grew up doing it with my family in the Pacific Northwest of the States. Um, and then coming here, eventually I noticed that you can, in fact, kayak here. And there's a rental place that I usually go to down at the end of Treptor Park um, that I used to go to before I got my inflatable kayak. And so that was like a place where my love for the city, especially in summer, just like was encapsulated. It's like the feeling of like, here's your boat, go out on the water, have some sex, paddle around, <laughs> drink something, be with friends, have a good time. Enjoy like the sun. It's like the perfect meld of like that party side of Berlin and also like be active, be outdoors. Um, and it's also just beautiful. That bridge, I think for me, stands for Berlin, Oberbaumbrücke more than really like yeah, any other one thing walking home early in the morning watching the sun yeah lights. exactly so many good memories exactly because it connects those memories we had when we would party a lot more than we do today in our old boring age um <laughs> we're not that old kid, we're right? not that boring either no <laughs> but god when i but think we're not about 19 anymore uh, yeah it's like we used to party like five nights a week yeah how because you had nothing else to worry about and do and like Okay, that's not like... entirely true though. We'd party five nights a week and then I'd get up at like seven AM and go to my Arabic class. Like and yeah, somehow you I made still it work. work. Both of you. Yeah. Well no, I didn't work when I was a student, but oh, but yeah. Um and now it's like if I if I go out like the night before and go dancing and then I crawl into work and I spend the whole day feeling like a piece of toast. I think this is right. part like part of being older yeah you also get more like oh no i want to go for a run tomorrow so i'm not gonna drink tonight yes, exactly. like you actually yeah, think yeah, yeah. like that oh yeah i'm like yeah i want to go kayaking tomorrow and i know i won't want to get up in the morning if i stay out and yeah. drink so you know old boring whatever I, as i am um, no i love our new our new healthy life um but uh the memories of, of coming back from a really long night and walking over that bridge walking all the way through friedrichshain home to the flat share we used to live in yeah. in Finostrasse. Caitlin also used to live in the eight people flat we've I've talked about it before. <laughs> represent yeah. represent Finostrasse. Uh, yeah, like that's those are some of my most magical memories of the yeah, city. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. It's your first summer. Yeah, it's my first summer in Berlin. Oh, we're gonna have Caitlin. Fun. Where where are you gonna <laughs> take her? Oh God! Well, where where am all, I not going to? Well, you have to take me to Tempelhof because I still have never been there during oh, the summer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that and, like, soon. Never. The question is: Should we like our old selves would go there and get drunk? Our new selves would go there and run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is so true. <laughs> yeah. So true because uh, I've maybe never we can out maybe we can do both. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we can do a combination. We, we can run, run and then get and drunk. then get drunk <laughs> and lay all lay yeah. all sweaty and just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. get drunk. Yeah. yeah, that's because, a plan. Um, yeah. Hannah has started to getting me. She got me to work out, and now I'm actually planning on running outside too. Hell yes! It scares me because I've never worked out a day before in my life. 
Yeah, but like the wonderful thing is, you know what I feel? Okay, this is just my bit of personal theory, but I think you guys share this um, to some extent. Like, in this day and age, with so much fucked up shit going on, with, like, toxic masculinity spreading across the globe in positions of power and jeopardizing so many things, I almost feel like, especially for a woman, um, being strong is political. Like, being strong is always good. Like, you want to be strong and healthy and happy and so on and so forth. Uh, but these days, I almost feel like um, to contextualize, of course, like Berlin, I feel uh, has a much different experience for women on the street than even most U.S. cities. I think there's less harassment and it's less threatening. I feel safe here all the time. Yeah, I do too. not yeah. ever feel threatened. But there is harassment here and there are things where you feel those power dynamics going on with random assholes on the street, of course. Uh, and so running and feeling powerful and feeling strong and owning every space you're in, feeling, um, whether it's just feeling powerful throughout your entire body, knowing that you are strong and safe with yourself, or actually feeling like you could take someone in a fight, there's something to be said for that. Uh, and it doesn't come from a place of fear, it just comes from carving out that, that positive space in your mind amidst sort of some of the negative pressures that we see uh, whether it's personally or through the news um is it just enables me to feel happier in my skin yes yeah, and to feel like i own my piece of the world and the world in general <laughs> so. and it's for us to really own our bodies yeah and so working out and like feeling like feeling my like um like whether it's kayaking and your like back and arm muscles are like beefing up or lifting or running uh there's just something about it where you of course you love it you love the physical activity and the health But there's also some part of me that takes satisfaction in some like political sense, feeling like strong, powerful, my world, my way, my power, your yeah. body. No my one body. is gonna woggle over me anymore. No. Like, no. no, strong is the new skinny. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Loving that. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Temple of a Field. Yeah. Where else do you want to go? Get drunk. Well, I, <clears throat> I really want to go to like all the forests and Greenwald and yes. want to go on hikes, yeah. especially with Caitlin yeah. because she's such a good <laughs> hiker. Hi, and I definitely want to go kayaking more. Exactly. This is like our chance to combine. So we have an activity that we've, that we've done in the past that sort of combines like all the perfect sides of Berlin past and present, which is, um, it's like a, some of us rent double kayaks at the rental place pile in and then kayak southeast on the river down to brunch where we then eat and drink and relax for hours and then eventually pile in the kayaks and kayak back yeah that's a nice drunk and really full of food oh yeah that's a great yeah. great summer activity next time i don't want to be hungover when we start though Last time I was hungover and full of glitter because I'd spent the night at Wetterstrasse. I bet I mean, we can be sparkly, we just can't be hungover. Yeah, because like getting in a boat when you're slightly hungover. Oh, God. It's not. You powered through it, respect. The best. But because yeah. I said I was going to do it, and yeah. I knew when I was at Wetterstrasse at like three in the night, they're like, okay, this is going to be this really gonna hard suck. for me getting up yeah. tomorrow. But I went home at like three or four. Like, I don't know, we met some friends of a friend on the street and they were on their way to Schwutz, which oh, yeah, is this yeah. gay bo- club and they poured glitter over me and Naturally. since I love glitter I had no problem with that uh, so I came home and then I overslept slightly so I didn't have time to actually shower yeah, so it. I came and I was just like glittering from top to toe and my bed I think my bed glittered for like two weeks yeah, <laughs> yeah. typical Berlin yeah yeah But that's lovely. That we should do. That yeah. we should do. Yeah. I just want to get drunk in different places. Mm. In the sun. Yeah, oh, in the sun. This yeah. whether, it's, about... whether it's by kayaking or like a field, I don't care. No more of this sad winter dark drinking. We're just going to drink in the sun. Yeah, and spetty drink. Like hang outside of spetty. That's yes. also nice. Yeah. Hang on the balcony. Yes, your balcony. I still <laughs> haven't been to your place. Have you not? No. Oh. I've walked by your building so yeah. many times. The yeah. really colorful one. Yeah, the really, that's how I know. Oh, we should numbers. go up in the Zionskirche. Oh, yes, yeah, and Sigisoyla. Yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of places to go up and yeah. places to drink. That's yeah. a good plan for the summer, right? And museums. Mm. But that's kind of my spring goal, that I want to go to like all the cool museums in Berlin. And then summer can be... Want to go to the Kurewurst Museum with me? Yes, Hannah. 
And when me I'm comes, sure we'll go to the Everyone hits museum. up the big ones on Museum Invo, but um, the Dali Museum at Pasarathas. I Rathas. went there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I still haven't been to uh, Natukunda. Still. I, uh, okay, I actually haven't been there either, which is terrible. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you should come when we go. We want to go soon. It's really nice. I've been there like four times. And I want to go to the yeah. photography museum. Yes. I want to go everywhere. I just love museums. Yeah. I love the vibe. We also have one touristy thing that we've decided we're going to do, or, well, I don't know when. We keep putting it off. But uh, never having been up the Ferenze Tourum, as you don't when you're not a tourist, you actually live here. Um, we're going to go at some point and drink coffee, right? Yeah. Yes. Or we... even breakfast or brunch. Yeah. Because it would be so sad moving think, away think from it. here at some point. <laughs> and they're like, I never went up there. <laughs> Dude, wow. I did live in Seattle for like 20-some years before I finally went up the Space Needle. It's just not something you do when you How actually... high is that? Oh, uh, it's pretty high. It's like our tower thing that we have. Does hmm. every city have a tower thing? I feel like every city has something where people go up and the watch the view. The funny thing about view. the Space Needle, I think it's sort of functional now. I assume they've packed communications technology in the pinnacle. But when it was built, I don't actually know. I just, I'm kind of making this up. But I think it was just <laughs> built for like a World Fair type thing, like an expo. Uh-huh. Like, I think they just made it as like a, ooh, let's make a sort of space age futurey thing. I don't think they actually like necessarily designed it with the intention of being like a TV tower, like a lot of the things you see around. Mm. Um, I might be completely wrong with that, but that is my general impression. So, so correct her if she's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Shows what I know about Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> but usually, like, I always feel like I know more about, like, Berlin yeah. since I moved here than I do about my hometown. I'm like, <laughs> people ask me stuff when I'm there, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> we yeah. can look it up. I haven't gone there yet, but I will. Where? I don't know more about Berlin than my hometown yet. Oh, but your hometown is so tiny. It's not so much to know. <laughs> Says the girl from Florida. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, Florida is... Smaller than Vanamo, but come on. What can you really know about my city? It has one hill. It has one hill. It has two bars with two lousy dance floors. Oh. But yeah. I've had a lot of fun there, yeah. obviously, being drunk and teenager. Dive bars are fun. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's really cute because I never wanted to go on the dance floor when there was just one person. So I had to wait until like 30 minutes before this place closed because then <laughs> everyone would get there. And then I, me and my friends would be drunk enough to actually dance. <sighs> And then we would just pray for the right song. It's like, all we wanted to do was dance to Rihanna. (laughs) The queen. Yeah. Yeah. The queen. But, yeah. You're looking out the window all the time. What is going on there? There is doves and our neighbor is cleaning the window. Okay, attention span zero. And the sky is blue. I'm sorry. We should go outside. Do we have any more questions left? Um... Yeah, the kooky questions. Do we oh, have go kooky? ahead. What leg do you put in first when you put on pants? <laughs> like, what, what leg do you start with? Oh my god, I have no idea. I have no oh, you're right-handed? Yeah. That's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> She's motioning the pants. Thinking about, I'm thinking about <laughs> Trying. it. Pick up a pair of pants and then visualize this. Close eyes. I really do think sometimes it's like the different one, but you're probably right. It's probably the right one first. Yeah. yeah. I always do left because I have better balance on my right, so I would start with that. Yeah. But I don't know why. Do you have a favorite color? Well, uh, I black. Mean, what does that even mean? Like, I mean, because it's a different sort of yeah. I mean, like, what color do I wear the most? Black. Um, what other colors do I like? You know, the standard sort of somber Berlin palette of that sort of like burnt burgundy, dark reddish thing and like a sort of a dark silvery blue or something like this or like gray, you know, like, of course I like all these colors, but like, I've never understood this thing with the favorite color. Like maybe some people really do have one. I do have. I love pink. It's my favorite. (laughs) See, that's great. Like, and you want to see all objects in the world in this color, but then I think about like... Not all objects really don't. You You know what's like... But, like, you know what to me is, like, the color of, like, light and hope and, like, beauty, but you could never put it on anything. White? No. Like, you know how when, like, on a clear day, the sun has just cleared, like, the buildings or whatever, uh, and, um, and right around the sun, the air looks like it's molten. It's not even quite gold. It's, like, on fire. And like maybe as it as it radiates out into the blue, it's it starts to get like a bit of blue, no pink I don't think, but like sort of a an aspect of like 
a like a pure light like you can't call it yellow because it's light you could never paint anything you could never wear it you could never have like a chair or a table that was that color but like when I see like the sky that like flaming bright molten color it like it just makes me feel alive so like I love I love that color but like or I love like desert colors like ochre or something but I don't wear a lot of them like just as for in Berlin most people wear a lot of black yeah sure (laughs) like but it's a fun thing. Or, like, I love earth tones. Like, like your cup over there, your beautiful coffee cup with, like, the swirling, like, chocolatey... I'm going to put up, put up a picture on Instagram on that yeah. cup so people can see it. Sure, but it's like, yeah. I've never really understood this question. Or, like, your typewriter. It's orange. It's great. I love it. It's good. That's a bit... I mean, my favorite color is orange. Yeah. All of a sudden. And that type of orange is kind of too much, but... I don't know. I wish I could wear more orange. Yeah, and, like, I love green because I love fucking plants, plants right? Yes. But, like... <laughs> I don't own very much at all that's green, because what does green look like with my skin? Not good. Yeah, well, it has to be in the right combination. Yes, it's just, it's a tricky question, isn't it? It is. Yeah. But I think you answered it perfectly anyway. Oh, good. (laughs) Okay, last question that I'm really curious about. I don't know why we haven't asked our previous guests. What is your favorite animal? Or your spirit animal? Yes, what's your spirit animal? Oh, dear. Um... Oh, goodness. Uh, ooh, it's simplest question. She's almost purring like a cat. Yeah. No, well, I do love cats. I mean, maybe we should just go with that. But, like, it's the simplest questions that are the hardest to answer. Always. I don't really have, per se, a favorite animal. Because, like, I love animals. Animals are great. I love marine mammals. I love dogs and wolves and cats and birds. I like birds. Some people don't like birds. We um, are very dear uh, ex-roommate, Lena. Um, does not like birds. I didn't know that. Well, Why? Um, because uh, most people who don't <laughs> like birds had at some point had a trauma with a bird. I think it was like a dead bird of some kind. Um, some oh, issue. No. But uh, yeah, no, I love birds. Birds are fun. Um, but what else? I mean, animals, did you like but squirrels? Did, who doesn't love squirrels? Are they cute? Oh, but no, did you ever no. have like when you were a kid? Because when I grew up, I like I had oh, this I did. thing when like, I was a child. When I was a small child. But I feel like this is almost like when people tell you what your allergies are, but you've never actually had a reaction, and it's sort of like they almost decided it for you, and you're like, did you just make that up? Or did someone decide your animal for you well, when no, you because the thing is, every, my family's convinced that when I was a small... Well, okay, I don't even fucking know. I think there was a phase where, like, I they say I really liked slugs. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what I was actually going with this. The that's one, so great! Like, a very short phase. Um, but I think the one that they always told me was my favorite animal when I was a child was sheep. But, like, there's a very logical explanation for that. I had, a, like, a babysitter um, who would... Or not really a babysitter so much as a woman who I would stay with along with my very young best friend uh, back then. And she had sheep on her, like, land. And we would play with the sheep. So, of course, I love sheep. But, like, it's not a very exciting animal, is it? They're very fuzzy and sweet. But, like, today I would not tell you my favorite animal is a sheep. <laughs> no. No, I think then if someone asks you, slugs. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think I just like prodded one once and they decided I liked them or something. Oh, but here's another story. So I grew up with my hippie parents in our hippie house in the middle of the woods. And uh, there are, there's wildlife there, like actual wildlife. And the door was open one summer day and people were going in and out doing things. And I was sitting in some sort of high chair in the living or the dining or some kind of room. And a skunk walked in. Whoa! I, I have no, I have no memory of this. I've only been told the story. So the skunk walks in, I think, because my mother was cooking like a chicken or some kind of meat, and I could smell it. <laughs> and I see this thing waddle in and point to it, and I go, "Want it? Pet it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they had an interesting time. Uh, shepherding the skunk back out without it spraying and explaining to me that no you do not want it and you're not going to pet it um but i generally love animals yeah animals are great i wish i could have an animal but i'm not responsible enough to have even a cat no no i am responsible enough i'm just not it's not fair i'm not at this point yeah it wouldn't be fair and i'm not at that point in my life and yeah i'm honestly not responsible enough i sometimes cat sit for my friends who have this very cute um orange cat uh and I love um, hanging out with this cat, but you notice, you're like, oh God, a living creature is entirely dependent on me. It's a very different experience from having a family pet when you're growing up. Yeah. And I am not at the point in my life where I'm like ready for that all the time. No. But I 
definitely cat cuddle more if I had the opportunity. If any one of you has a cat or a dog that we can come cuddle, like hit me up. Yeah, bring you bring your cat to the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, no. If if anyone has a husky, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> My obsession is wolves and Siberian huskies and everything that looks like wolves. Oh just... yeah. I I would love a dog like that, but not with this lifestyle. That would be wildly unfair no, to the dog. Yeah. I mean, now I'm sort of getting into the life where I'm exercising, where maybe I could actually have a husky if I go. But not running. in the city. No, not in the city. Obviously, I wouldn't get. It's one like in I think how I grew up with like when we would leave um, our pets during the day, um, they had like all this space in the forest where they could run around and explore. Yeah. They weren't cooped up or chained to something or inside or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I can't imagine you know. And I do like big dogs. I don't really. Go for these little tiny dogs. Uh, and sausage I, dogs. I don't know what you're supposed to do with a big dog in a in a city like Berlin. No. I mean, yeah. And I don't think it's fair to cats to have them in the apartment. Yeah, I mean, they do better with it, but they, like, than a dog would, but they do get a bit psychotic, I think. Yeah, and yeah. cats are, they're predators. They deserve to be outside and hunt. Yeah, that's true. And I'd just be terrified all the time here that something would happen to them. Same here. Yeah. A friend of ours, or more me, her roommate had a cat, and it usually just like jumped up on the shelves mm. and over the stuff. And I was always like, at some point, because they didn't have a gas stove like we do, they had like a normal one that like stays Induction. warm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, at God. some point, the cat is gonna jump up there and it's gonna like slip because it did that a lot. Really clumsy cat. And it's going to be warm and it's going to burn its feet. And I was always really scared of that. It never happened until this day. I don't think it did. But I was always like, at some point, it's going to happen. Like, it's going to fall. Yeah. And it's going to be warm and it's going to be horrible. And I can't see that. But I mean, and also living here, we live pretty high up. What if we have the window open and we have a really stupid cat and it jumps up and it falls down? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, that could like, happen. They could get out. They could yeah. be hit by a car. Oh, and they're also, by the way, complete assholes in Berlin who leave out like poisoned food to like. I read about for that. cats. No, I think dogs. mostly for dogs. There are what? Pe- there are a lot of people in the city who really hate dogs. Yeah, like there are a lot of people in the city who really love dogs and have dogs. But and the then dogs there's... here are so disciplined and so I know. nice. But, like the people are shit, as you <laughs> yeah. remember from time to time. It's like I mean, not everyone, but some yeah. People. I saw a warning on Twitter. I think you shared it actually. Someone is leaving bags of dog food and razor blades oh. all over Berlin. So when people, when yeah. So there are people like that, and it's like Jesus. It's not the place to have a dog, and I don't really think it's. I mean, like plenty of people manage to have cats. Cats do fine with like yeah, confined. Cats are also more okay. fine to be yeah. inside. Reasonably well are. adjusted, they can deal with it. Um, yeah. I'm not ready for a cat, and I don't think this city would be fair to a dog. No, me neither. But sometime in the future. And also, like, people bring your animals to us yes. so we can cuddle them. Yeah. And, like, unless, take them on walks. Unless it has a thousand eyes and eight legs. No spiders. <laughs> no. But cats, dogs, Furry weasels, things. rats, whatever. Come What's here. What's weasels? Um, weasels. That's yeah, weasels. No, but I didn't mean weasels. I meant the other... Ferret. Oh. Is it that... Yeah, iller? I don't think anyone has a pet weasel. Is that... Yeah, no, that's what I... <laughs> Is that iller? Uh, ferret, yeah. Don't bring them. I'm terribly scared of them. <laughs> okay, so forget okay. your ferrets. Yeah. Cats and dogs. Right. My my old like nanny when I was a kid had one and it hunted me. Oh, okay, uh, point uh, being, I was scared of all animals when I was a kid. Like you were all scared of them. Of your shadow when you were. Yeah, a kid. I know. <laughs> I was a very terrified kid, but yeah. She had a ferret and it was inside and I was really, really scared of it. So I'm like, oh, no, don't bring ferrets. They're weird. They're mm-hmm. like skinny and long and like furry eels. I don't know. Furry <laughs> eels. <laughs> it's furry weird. Eels. It's like a furry eel. <laughs> like with tiny legs. Okay, but last, super last question. Fears. Do you have any big fears? Speaking oh, of... I don't like spiders. <sighs> Who the hell Really, does? really don't. Uh, yeah. They have too many legs, and you uh, don't know what's up boom. and down. Everything so. about them is wrong. I also have the... Well, yes, so there. Um, although, I'll say in the defense of spiders, uh, I'm not going around like crusading that we make them extinct, because they do play a very important role in the ecosystem. Yeah. There are, however, 
a couple of things we can isolate that don't play an important role in the ecosystem. There are very few things where that's the case because like almost everything like does something, decomposes something or something else eats it. So, you know, it's part of the web. Um, <laughs> spider web. <laughs> link, but a fear and, and also a completely useless thing I, uh, that exists that we really should make extinct are bed bugs. Yeah, because um, the hard to get rid of though. Yeah, they're like they have they have accompanied humans throughout modern history. They evolved with us. They are uniquely our parasite. If any biologists know differently, do hit me up. But my sister's a biologist, and we've talked about this like <laughs> extensively. How they're useless, and I was like, they are useless, right? And she's like, oh yeah, there's like they prey on us. They do nothing else. Nothing eats them. Um, even ticks, which are loathsome things that I'm also worried about, because Lyme disease. So like I don't worry. Yeah. I don't worry about the big that things. That is like, oh, <laughs> you know. But the little things, ugh, ticks and bed bugs, yeah. gross. Um, but no, things eat them. Possums eat them. Oh. Um, like very efficiently, they say. Other things eat them. Um, not bed bugs. No, they just lurk. Uh, they can go without a blood meal for like eighteen months and stay alive. <laughs> and they're very hard to kill. Uh, and I'm like terrified that someday I'm gonna stay in the wrong uh, like hotel. Yeah. And bring them home. So this is why you should always put your uh, backpack in the oh, bathtub yeah. when you get home. Yeah. Right. People like for those of you who may be less paranoid. Um, yeah. Don't put your luggage on the carpet. Don't put it on the bed. Put it on like a hard wooden surface or hang it from like a suspended thing. Check mattresses where you stay. Do research before you stay somewhere. I always like Google the name of the place and bed bugs in parentheses. And if there's like one report ever, I won't Don't stay go there. there. It's like, and people are like, what are you insane? It's like, uh, no, um, if you bring them home, it's going to ruin your sanity and cost you a shit ton of money. Never have, never want to. No, never have them. I have had, I know people who've had them who had to like really like move out of their apartment and sanitize everything. Yeah. And like throw away a shit ton of clothes yeah. and mattresses and, and everything. And it's just going to make you psychotic. Yeah. You're like, then you're just going to always be like looking for them. Yeah. Yeah. And you're always going to be itchy and just. Oh yeah. And it's like, oh God. Ooh. I just like the idea is so horrible. I would not care if they only bit you. Like if you would stay in a hotel that had bed bugs, it would be gross, but it would be like, oh, they bit you. Too bad. It's like a mosquito. You'll get a rash. No, gross. it's what you're. What I'm afraid of is like bringing them home. That would be horrible. Because yeah. can't they lay eggs in your skin and stuff like that? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Those no. are those mites. Oh. Yeah. No bed bugs stay in your walls. Yeah, they like live in your furniture. And then in, if you live in a disgusting place like New York, they also skitter around freely in the subway. So that's nice. No, really. Yeah. How big are they? No, they're oh, tiny little okay. little things. So but yeah, they've them. been spotted in the subway. Yeah. So if you if you think you have them in your home you you, you should put tape around the legs of your bed and then you'll like you'll see if, if you think stick. they live in your home you should just burn down your home <laughs> <laughs> is what you should do when the fire starts to burn, burn right, right? It, it starts, starts to, to spread. spread right i will do it all again